Forever podcast. My name is Stuart Bothwell, and I have had way too much coffee for this time of night. And uh, yep, I'm joined on the line by my somewhat trusty compatriot, Darren Butter. How's it going, Darren? It's good. It's good. I don't have a coffee, and I feel like I need a coffee. <laughs> yeah, it sounded like we were talking earlier on today, and you just sound like you've been you've been working too hard, man. But I haven't. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. Because like sometimes, you know, when you're not working at all, it just drains you and you feel really lethargic and, you know, it just starts to slow down. But you know, you've got to remember, you know, the, the, the holidays are on the horizon. Um, you know, that, that big fat man is going to come in your chimney and leave boxes under a tree and, you know, you know just perfect festive stuff. He's going to have a, a reindeer or something. That's how it is, right? I never yeah, paid attention um, in school. Yeah, Christmas in New Zealand I've always found weird. quite interesting. It's very weird. Mm. I mean, so, to be fair, given, given lights, the weather we've got right now... It's only dark for four hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, given the weather we have right now, though, it's um, pretty similar to back home. Just been, been pretty pretty rancid in, in what seems like just Wellington recently. Because whenever I've gone out of town to Napier or New Plymouth or whatever, it's just been glorious sunshine. Like 30 degrees, yeah. no wind. Come back here. Just yeah. Pouring refrain. Yeah. Anyway, we certainly digress. Um, yeah, there was some American football on this weekend. But was it any good? A lot of it wasn't, Darren. Uh, and um, I think that's why we've discussed what we think we should do with this format this week. And we, we kind of teased it a few weeks ago that we thought that we were getting to the point where a lot of these games were... I don't want to say not meaningful but a lot of them aren't meaningful or are just too lopsided there's no, no real surprises coming out of things um but you know there's there's a couple of them that still are of of very like great significance um so i think the plan this week was to run through a whole bunch of these lesser games quote unquote sorry about that guys in a more countdowny style uh, just give them a, a quick in and out we we'll move on, just so we can talk about the more meaningful games and storylines from week 15. Um, also, it doesn't help that my uh, my my gardener, now that sounds really uh, privileged, but you know, it's, I just don't have a place for a uh, uh, lawnmower here and it's provided by the property owner, um, cut through my broadband cable. So all this chat is costing me data on my phone. So I don't really want to be wasting much time. Good. So it's not. Same page. Uh, yeah. Ulterior, <laughs> ulterior motive. You know, like you know, just it just so happens to coincide with this uh, getting a whole bunch of games out of the way because they're you know kind of crap. Yeah. Okay. So where do you, so where do you want to start? Well, I think because I've just opened them up in the order that they were in before, I think what we're going to do is just um, flick through in order of the ones that have got open uh, all of the lesser games first so we'll just blitz through them uh, I'll say one thing about them well, it's like a little stat or whatever you'll give whatever thought you have on that side and um, yeah we'll just try and keep it down to, to like 
a minute tops for each one. Uh, and you're, you're not allowed to argue with anything I say, and I'm not allowed to argue with anything you say, because that'll just extend it. It'll just take too long. Okay. Unless you say something really bloody stupid, in which case <laughs> I will absolutely cut you down on it, uh, or I'll just cut out your audio altogether. Okay. That's my spare. <laughs> cool. Okay, so, um, yeah, so we just get into it? Yep. Awesome, man. Dun, 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 dun. Are you? Well, I, I can't believe that you just started that because I've actually gone and pinched some some music that I'm planning on putting through the back of this. But um, you'll, you'll get to see what that is later on. <laughs> so nice. here we go. Hit the music. So good. Oh, damn, the the music's still going, and that should be about the intro going. Okay, so. Uh, the New York Jets travelled to the Baltimore Ravens and lost very convincingly 21-42 to the Ravens as Lamar Jackson just absolutely destroyed them through the air and on the ground. Uh, he threw for five touchdowns on the day uh, on only 15 completions, so that's uh, da, 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 one complete sorry one touchdown for every three pass attempts. That's not bad, eh? It's pretty good. Yeah. Just and now I have. Have I got to add something about this game? If you, is this if you one can, of these games? Yeah. You can just, just say yeah, um, Baltimore were dominant. They got all sides of the ball sorted out. Jets were nowhere near it until garbage time. Yeah. Pretty much, yes. Yeah. Done it? Baltimore, yeah, that will do. Okay, cool. Yeah, so Baltimore roll on to 12-2 and two and are looking great value for the top overall seed and the bye week. Uh, moving on from them, we shall hit, once this loads up, oh, the New England Patriots uh, managed to clearly get enough out of that videotape that they um, were recording on the sideline as, as they managed to somehow uh, overcome the Cincinnati Bengals 34-13 to and um, they did not look good value for this at all. Tom Brady only had 128 yards passing against this defense. Like, there's something severely wrong with this team right now. Yeah, they're not very good. <clears throat> and they won by running the ball. Yes. And they haven't been running the ball very well. And I don't know if that's more... People that will come out and say the Patriots have changed their game plan and they're going to run the ball now. No, it's just the Bengals. Bengals can't defend the run. Yeah. I, I, for the most Patriots. part, I didn't think they Sonny Michelle the and but... Kill Harry can make runs in certain moments and just couldn't get them off the field and it was close for a while I think it was nil nil until like four minutes left in the half or something uh, it was 10 all just about going up to half time uh, and then Andy yeah, Dalton yeah. just started throwing picks left right and centre uh, Stefan Gilmore uh, took two of them um, and took, took one to the house as well so Stefan Gilmore had as many touchdowns as Andy Dalton in this one one touchdown four interceptions Joe Mixon had a good day uh, that's about it though um, Patriots fans have a lot to be concerned about with that offense, and they, because they keep playing against bad deep, sorry, bad offenses themselves, uh, I still don't one hundred percent know what that defense is. I think they're good, but um, like whenever they've played against a good team, it hasn't really gone that way. It's going to be good to see them play the Bills. It's going to be fun. Yeah, because I think that both teams have changed quite dramatically since they met earlier in the season. Yes. <clears throat> Okay, and uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and uh, Jameis Winston managed to set a record. Uh, the first player in NFL history with back-to-back 450 yards plus 
in consecutive games. Uh, he threw for four touchdowns, uh, 458 yards. Uh, they did nothing on the ground, but uh, like, they just kept dominating through the air. Despite the fact that they did this without uh, Mike Evans, who is now lost for the season, and for the most part, they lost Chris Godwin, but Brashad Perryman stepped up to the plate to the tune of five receptions, 113 yards, and three touchdowns. So, yeah, good effort from their backups, but um, they've been losing even more as well because um, Scott Miller is also now out for the season. Well, all the stuff they have to play for. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're 7-7 seven and seven now, you know, so... They're 7-7. Seven and seven. Jameis Winston is probably going to lead the league in passing. Might even lead the league in touchdowns. It's um, it's crazy what he is on a on a week to week basis. Yes, I, I <clears throat> really enjoy watching him play, but I I like how um the Buccaneers are spreading the ball around. But you know that's too much talent to lose in two weeks. So I think they're done now. Yeah, oh, definitely. Could have won the last two games of the season, but I think it's going to be really tough without that that talent being available. Are they, are they mathematically out? If, if they get nine and seven, be. I don't even know. I think yeah, I think in the in the NFC, um, they they might be, because uh, I think that the fifth seed in the NFC right now is the 49ers, and they're eleven and three. So, yeah. Not going to be happening, I don't think. Yeah. Um, oh, well. Yep. Yeah, on the other side of the ball, just real quick, uh, the Lions have confirmed that they will not be getting rid of the Matt Patricia uh, Quinn um, combination at uh, coach and general manager, I believe it is. Um, they've decided to put their faith in them for at least one more season after a disastrous season of injuries. Um, and just they have been really close in a lot of games until it didn't really matter and they've just kind of been blown out in a couple since then. Yeah, it's tough not having Stafford, but they're pretty much what they came out today and said that and put Stafford on IR. So they're just giving this season's gone. Yeah, they know it. We'll see them next year. Yes, we shall. Uh, another team who we shall see next year. I mean, we're going to see them all next year, but you know, they're not. They're definitely mathematically now. <laughs> mathematically out of playoff contention now is the Denver Broncos, and I'm very glad I can just skip over this one. Um, just not good again. The the Chiefs actually looked really really hot in this one um, Mahomes looked fantastic his, his interception in the fourth quarter I think it was kind of garbage time didn't really need to happen it was a bit messy but other than that he looked really really good um, Travis Kelsey had a, an absolute blow up of a day 11 receptions 142 yards um, yep if you like watching snow games uh, and you're not a Denver Broncos fan then this might be one for you to watch yeah his um, Mahomes is play for the extra point to make it 23-3. The two-point conversion was one of the best plays of the season. Very similar to uh, Gardner Minshew's um, a few months ago. Oh, well, who was that one against as well? Oh, was that against the Broncos? Yeah, it was actually. <laughs> you need to bring the quarterback down. Your two favourite plays of the year have come against my Broncos. Are you just trying to wind me up now? <laughs> no, not that actually have both been great. Um, and Mahomes just... He did what he needed to do. He um, and he got to what twenty three three after like three minutes into the second half. Into the second half, mm-hmm. and they didn't score again. I just kind of ran the ball and controlled it. So yeah, um, yeah. I was saying to you before. I I like Lock. I don't think this was on Drew Lock as much as it was on just not enough. There's not enough around him. Mm. Um, 
if they're doubling Sutton and Fance was out the game, he only got two receptions for three targets. I think he got knocked. Yeah, he, he was knocked out of the game. Yeah, he was knocked out of the game. And without, you know, with Sutton double teamed and Noah Fant not there, mm-hmm. there's nothing. <clears throat> and like that, that, um, that Chiefs secondary is actually really pretty good now. Their their pass defense is really good, and um, I think that that's really going to help them going forward if they can like prevent teams from scoring on them. And like the Broncos, you know, they were hot last week. Not so much this week, but um, yeah, they kind of shut them down for the most part. <coughs> yes. Cool. Shall we move on? <laughs> yes. Um, Thank God. And also, Tyler I'll Matthew give, give credit where it's due. MVP. Like... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tyron Matthews been uh, a Pro Bowl snubbed, by the way. That's uh, just released earlier, earlier today. He has been. We can maybe talk about How those later on. How can you be in the MVP list and not be in the Pro Bowl? <laughs> Yeah, that's quite a snub. Uh, Kirk Cousins was also snubbed, despite being supposed yeah, the fourth yeah, best quarterback in the league. But you, you're, you're, you've got your own opinions on him now. Yeah, I, he's he's my boy. Mm-hmm. Ride and die. Okay. <laughs> Ride and die by the Kirk Cousins uh, train, or whatever you're going to call it. Um, okay, which uh, took a while, by the way, because I really like RG three, and I thought that Cousins was a bit of a dick to RG three. But oh, come around, really? come around. <laughs> Like, it's what a job. <laughs> That's fine. Right, moving on, because we're, we're spending too much time on this one now. Uh, like I say, we can always get onto those things later on. And um, you had a couple of things to say about the Miami Dolphins versus the New York Giants for some reason. Um, uh, going into halftime, it was 10-7 to Miami, but then in the second half, the Giants just totally blew up on them. Um, Eli Manning had uh, a very Eli Manning game. Uh, with two touchdowns, but he did have those three interceptions. Just wasn't really that great. Um, yeah, what takeaways did you have from this one? Not much other than, of course, Saquon Bartley gets two touchdowns. <laughs> when he's not playing for when you. I'm, when I'm not in the playoffs anymore. Um, but happy for Eli Manning to get back to 500. Mm-hmm. Um, he retired on 500. So... If well, like, Daniel Jones has doesn't he, come ha, back... Has he retired on 500? I don't really know. It was just... Well, he'd know. stop playing on 500. And mm-hmm. a lot of people are basing that 500 record on whether or not he gets into the Hall of Fame. So some people are saying that if he's under 500, there's no way he gets into the Hall of Fame. Mm, yeah, statistically. So, so that a, one game... <laughs> so it's quite a big deal to him. Well, so they have the Redskins next week, it. so like you know, they could come out and do something there. Uh, and then the Eagles the following week, up. they're both crap. <laughs> he can start sh- shooting out ahead of himself there. Well, if the Eagles do something next week, but I digress. Um, still just love Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. love what he does, yeah. love his work. Um, Patrick Laird, the intern, getting getting some more carries, getting all the kit, I mean. Yeah, 12, 12 carries, carry. but only for 46 yards. But I think that probably makes him, just on that basis alone, probably Miami's leading rusher this season um, because they've, they've just been terrible, totally unable to to run the ball. Um, yep, Devante Parker got two yeah. touchdowns, um, but the Giants roll on to, they roll to 3-11. and 11, <laughs> And I think because Stop of that win, <laughs> because of that win, I think they now statistically move above Miami in the... Uh, draft sweepstakes as well, so I'll, I'll win for them, but yeah, they're devaluing I'll their own draft win. picks. Yeah, I win, sort of, I guess. Okay. Um, any more? No. Good. Moving on, and speaking of the Philadelphia Eagles, they had a real big scare against the Washington Redskins. 
Um, eventually coming out on top 37-27 with a really big clutch fourth quarter which uh, produced 20 points for them. Um, Carson Wentz had a very up and down game uh, but when he, when he was down he was just throwing it to no one really. There was really erratic throwing but when he was needed he was so clutch producing some of the craziest throws that you'll see all season. Um, uh, like it, it was against the Redskins, who I, I, I think are improving somewhat. They're becoming a bit more of a team. Um, easily Dwayne Haskins' best game as a quarterback as well. Uh, Terry McLaurin just uh, doing Terry McLaurin things. So like when they both are on form, as they were today, they can produce some points. Yeah. Um, um, I don't really have much to add about this game, but I know that... <laughs> Peterson, you know, he tied Peyton mm-hmm. um, in this game with a touchdown, and he's currently sitting at seven hundred and eighty-four yards for the season, and he's come out and said that he wants to get a thousand mm-hmm. um, this season, and I don't know if he's gonna get there, but you know, if anyone is gonna put a whole game on his back and just make sure he gets one hundred and twelve yards a game mm. for the next two games, it's you know, it's AD. Yeah, there's certainly talk about it. I think um, they, they want to try and help him get there. Um, and like, oh, who's who's it? They've got they've got um, the Giants next week, so there's a good shot at that because they're pretty garbage. Uh, Redskins. Are they going to face Dallas in the last week or something? Uh, is that how that's going to work out? Still divisional. Yeah, it'll be Dallas in the end. Um, so yeah, it's it's doable. And if it's going to be happening, it's probably going to happen in the Giants game. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. 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 But yeah, like, like I say, this game keeps the Eagles in it. Um, but like, they're just that's such a garbage division. It really is a hot mess. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, it's just showing as well that if you have a running back that actually breaks the line occasionally, you win games because it's the first time Miles Sanders has done anything this season really well you, you say that it's certainly his, definitely his biggest game but um, I think he uh, he actually broke um, Deshaun Jackson's record for the most scrimmage yards um, by an eagle in rookie franchise history but I think that also you know that will also include like uh, kick returns punt returns or whatever but um, so like in, in terms of actually as a runner yes I would certainly agree He's just, he looked explosive in this game, but he's just not looked um, as as good. And McLaurin got away from them a couple of times in this one. And yeah, it's going to, it all comes down to next week, which is just terrible for the NFL. It's just mm-hmm. like, come on, guys, like, be a bit better. But <laughs> both, both the Cowboys and Eagles can win a playoff game mm-hmm. if they're in the playoffs. So it's kind of like what's the real, you know? They should because they, for teams. Yeah, they shouldn't, but they could. They have to go away. Yeah, have to go away to Dallas uh, or yeah. Philadelphia in the wild card round because of some like old mm. school rule about travel. Yeah, that's yeah. what these divisions are. These divisions are just how do we save money on travel? It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's the same with the NBA. Uh, yeah, you got, you got frequent anymore. Yeah, yeah, I know Vic Fangio was talking about getting rid of it, but that looks like one of these things that NFL owners just never want to even talk about. Um, you gave like Miles Sanders his props. Just... 
yeah, exactly. The rivalries are definitely a cool thing for it. That's that's why I'd support it. But certainly for the for the playoffs, there's maybe some sort of format change that needs to happen. I would think. Like say maybe just just have a case of you have your divisions, but when it comes down to it, it's just your record that matters at the end, and just seed it like that. I don't know. There's, I I think maybe it just keeps everything to play for. I don't really know. <clears throat> yes. Okay. But anyway. Yeah, so we, we saw my digress. digress. Uh, real quick, to say Miles Sanders did have uh, 122 yards on the ground on 19 carries and uh, 50 through the air. Uh, Greg Ward is uh, becoming a bit of a revelation. You know, hardly a superstar, but he's looking pretty good. Uh, Boston Scott also not bad either. Uh, moving on from there, and we will go to Carolina and the Panthers. Um, this game ended 30-24, which is a lot closer than it really was. Um, because uh, I think it was it was 30 to 10 in the fourth quarter, and then it was just garbage time scores. Um, Kyle, Kyle Allen not great again. Another three interceptions. It's just it's really really pushing for Will Greer time right now. Come on, guys, you've got to make it happen. Yeah, they've not been very good, and this game was over after about 10 minutes. I think. It's just not great. It certainly felt like the Seahawks yeah. kind of came out and, and and got them pretty early. Sucker punched them and they never really recovered. Um, you know, Russell Wilson just doing Russell Wilson things. Chris Carson, mm-hmm. hundred and thirty three yards on the ground for two touchdowns. Yeah, solid. Yeah, no, no pet Richard Penny didn't need him. No, but that's because he's injured. He's out for the season now. Yeah. Well, CJ Procise was a what a third round pick. Yeah, a while back he gets used sparingly at the moment. Travis Homer had uh, two carries for seven yards. Good name. Good names, actually, if you split them up. I like it. Yes. The man who... Simpson. Uh, Okay, so, yeah, uh, Russell Wilson, he's kind of been dropping out of the MVP conversation recently, but statistically, he's actually still doing pretty good, despite the fact he's behind a garbage line. He's still producing... Uh, 20 completions on 26 attempts, 286 yards and two scores. He was running into a lot of sacks. Um, and uh, yeah, he was he was just causing some problems for, for his own team. But um, it didn't really matter in the end. Uh, like I say, they just came out very easy winners over a team that's just in free fall now. Yeah, McCaffrey getting another t- two touchdowns. So just counting up what my points would have been there. Yeah, well, <sighs> like I, I was actually in competition this week, and I lost in a heartbreaker to Jim Rickaby. Uh, Jim, if you're listening, that's just not fair. Uh, <laughs> but no, congratulations uh, and good luck in the the rest of the playoffs. That's the ALFF playoffs. If anyone is interested, um, right, we move on. We shall move on. We shall move on to Green Bay, Wisconsin, and the now 11-3 Packers uh, held on to defeat the Chicago Bears uh, 21-13 at Lambeau Field. But this game, again, it wasn't close until the fourth quarter, but, you know, Bears got themselves back into it. Trubisky made a couple of, uh, like, interesting plays, but he still threw two picks. Um, They never got the running game going. Uh, Montgomery averaging just 2.8 yards a carry. Alan Robinson and Anthony Miller had big games, but it just wasn't really there for them. And like, the Packers just kind of somehow churned it out. Well, the the um the Bears, you know, kept themselves in the game 
um, didn't make too many mistakes that could get the Packers to kind of run away with it. They just kind of kept being like eight points off, just chipping away. And then, you know, a couple of times I went for it on downs and got turned over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you live and die by that, really. Um, if you don't convert, you don't get any points. And then, you know, it's it's over. I think they had three turnovers on downs in this game. Mm. And one interception. So they gave, and a fumble. So they gave up six, you know, drives without points. And you just can't do that. Mm-hmm. Not against a team like the Packers, who are just going to be fairly clinical if um if they need to be. They never really needed to do too much in this game, to be honest. No, they just, they got out ahead. Um, like, it was only seven points to three at the half. But then uh, two swift touchdowns in the third quarter really put the game beyond Chicago's reach. Um, but like I say, they did come back. They gave themselves a chance. Um, just never worked out in the end for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's been that kind of season for the Bears. I don't know what they do now. What do they do now? I'm glad I'm not the GM. Of Nothing. The they're 7-7 seven and seven and they're, they're done. Uh the, the Bears just fumbled it away on their, their last possession. Um, so th- that ruined all their chances. Um, but like they've, they're statistically out of it. They can't win the division. They can't make the playoffs. So it's just planning for next season for them. Yeah. And what are we thinking of Green Bay in the playoffs? They've just been quietly doing Green Bay things. I, I'm Two big losses in California, but otherwise pretty solid. Uh, I don't I don't like them, man. I, I really am worried about them. Um Aaron Rodgers has had a, a sub one hundred passer rating for the tenth time this season, which is uh, uh, like very low by his standards. Uh, I think the lowest since twenty fifteen, which was considered one of his poorer seasons. Um, they've they've just managed to eke out wins, but like they're never blowing out a team. They're never looking conclusive, and that just kind of worries me. I, I don't think that they're nearly as good as they looked at the start of the season. Yeah. Yeah, they, they haven't looked great, but it's it's one of those things that, you you know, if they win the division and they've got a home game, then, you know, you're walking out onto that field and it's Aaron Rodgers. No one wants to go to Green Bay in uh, in January and play against Aaron Rodgers. Play. Yeah, so they've, they've got that going for them. They, so they just need to beat the Vikings. It's a lot of lot of big games next week. Is it next mm-hmm. week? Yes, uh, I believe it is the next week one, yeah, and... That will segue us nicely into talking about the aforementioned Minnesota Vikings, who are just one game behind the Packers in uh, that division at 10-4. and four, And they just destroyed the Los Angeles Chargers 39-10. A lot of people were saying that, oh, this would be a trap game. Oh, yeah, the Chargers are actually better than their record shows. And then Phil Rivers just came out and did what we were talking about before he was almost getting benched and threw, threw another three interceptions. Uh, they could never get the running game going, and they, they they just looked abysmal from start to finish. The Vikings were thoroughly in control. Uh, they were up um, 19 to 10, 19, 10 at the half, and then the second half was just all of them uh, as they just ran out 39-10 victors and looked very, very good value for it. Never needed to do much else. It was just fumbles all over the place from the Chargers, fumbles, interceptions... Uh, yeah, the the Vikings did this without uh, uh, Dalvin Cook for the most part as well, who is out with an injury. So that is a big concern for them. Yeah, I like how you're um 
pompous, opinionated voice is just I got a vision of some art student at Robert Gordon <laughs> drinking blue wickets. <laughs> what, what what pompous voice? That is my that's my regular analysis oh, voice. Know, yeah. But I do I do I think maybe I lay it on a bit thick when I'm talking about the Chargers because I dislike them so much. <laughs> Yes, I'm doing I'm doing art, but but daddy's money. Daddy's Daddy. Money. <laughs> yes. I'm I'm doing this off of my off anyway. my own back. I, I paid for this this phone that I'm recording things through. I paid for those paints over there that I've done my, my paintings with. Anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah, you do art. Yeah. Shit sure does art, everyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. So Kirk Cousins should be in the Pro Bowl. To mm-hmm. me. He's a babe, and you're a pro ball in my eyes. Oh, you're Darren. a pro ball in my eyes. Oh, Darren. But, um, but honestly, the Chargers just need to, to get to... <laughs> just the end I'm of the season. Of, I'm just... sick of them. They're rubbish. They're, They're so, so, bad, so bad, and they don't have any fans. And You've got no what fans. Are, what are they even bringing to the league at this point? Like, they have a good team, but no one cares. Yeah, like you know, it's I don't, not even I just like... don't know what's happening with it. They had five fumbles today, uh, as well as those three interceptions. It was just like a, a terrible, terrible display of, of of a football team. And I, for my to money, just, I, I wouldn't bring back a really Anthony badly Lynn. run. Mm. Yeah, well, to me, they're just a really badly run New Orleans Saints. Very badly run. Like, I can see that. Yeah, we've got a very similar squads, very similar age quarterbacks, similar experience. One team's won twelve games or whatever. This team's won five. You imagine if the Saints had lost only won five games a season with that squad, it'd be nuts. It's the only thing we'd hear about. You know, if they lost it, is it gone? You know, no one cares. Yeah, no one cares about the Chargers. Yeah, and like we 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 were talking at the beginning of the season that we were scared of this roster because it looked really good we thought maybe the only problem they would have would be the offensive line which we were correct on yeah but no yeah, no one else has stepped up to the player. plate yeah well they, yeah they lost their best player due to a health concern mm-hmm. not even an injury a health concern so that got them and then Durbin James is out he's mm-hmm. probably what their best well, other than Bosa and Ingram their best like this I mean Bosa and Ingram I love them they're right players I love Durbin James Mm-hmm. Like, is it Addersley that's there as well? Monsieur like, Adderley, yeah. Yeah, it's just... <clears throat> I don't care about the Chargers. I, if they'd stayed in San Diego, because like, I'm not that bored about them, if they'd stayed in San Diego, then maybe I could deal with them. But moving to LA for no reason... Stupid. Kind of getting and punched they're in the regretting face by it. Now. Yeah. Yeah, they're not even selling tickets to the new stadium. They're just... it's They're going to have to do something. Yeah. And the NFL is not one of these leagues that if one of their teams isn't making money, then... Yeah. Mm. If you think <laughs> the Chargers situation guy. is bad, just wait until uh, the Raiders move to Las Vegas. Oh, boy. Um, just uh, quickly before we move on, uh, credit to uh, Vikings running back Mike Boone, who got uh, two touchdowns in this game. You, who, you might ask? And I will also Boone. say who. I don't really know him, but yeah, you could probably get a good... Uh, I like how many players rushed... 
Like how many players run? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different rushers, including Sean Mannion, the backup quarterback there. But uh, I think that was mostly sacks, to be perfectly fair. Uh, good to see Adam Thielen back on the field, though. That's uh, that's certainly a positive for the Vikings. Uh, hopefully he finds yes. health and uh, gets going at the right time for the playoffs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Moving on. And, oh, boy, you're not going to like this one. The Arizona Cardinals running all over the Cleveland Browns, who are now apparently all asking to join the Cardinals, apparently going over to players on the sideline saying, come get me. Uh, I don't know if it's like jokingly in response to the whole thing with Odell Beckham apparently saying that to to the 49ers players and stuff, um, or if they actually mean it, but Cleveland's a damn mess, man. Oh, it's... The coach, he just has to go away. <laughs> go like, away. Go, go away. Like, the main thing for me is that how can you have a pro ball running back who's running for like 10 yards a carry and he only touches the ball like nine times? Mm. Well, in this game, he got 17 carries, but then the game was so far beyond them that uh, they couldn't use him anymore. Uh, and they just had to... Like keep throwing it through the air. Baker threw 40, 43 times in this this one. It's too and many. Like it, and it was inconsistent again. There was some really good throws in there, um, but then he's he's missing on some some rather simple ones. And like yeah, I just I don't know what this team's up to when they're supposed to be practicing, but it just looks like a bit of a mess right now. Yeah, they need a coach, and they just need to kind of restructure a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Um, to say a big shout out to Kyler Murray for his tackle on Matt Wilson. Oh boy, yeah, it's crazy. Nice one, big hit. That was, that was Ryan Tannehill esque. Uh, very impressive. Um, speaking of impressive, uh, since we're trying to keep it quick, uh, big props to Kenyon Drake and his four touchdown performance: twenty-two carries, one hundred and thirty-seven yards. Uh, David Johnson can only look on from the sidelines just wondering what it is that's going to be happening to him next season because I think it's looking increasingly likely that he and that large contract won't be around Arizona for much longer. No, I doubt it. Mm. doubt it. Which is a shame. Um, a few things on the Brown side. Like I'm, I still think Baker's the quarterback and I still think you can... can Win games with him, get to the playoffs, but they they need offensive line talent like desperately, like Terrence Williams, please, um, and they need some backup help at safety because they lost two safeties in the Pittsburgh game. Mm-hmm. The first one they won, and they've been stinking since. So yeah, they need um, losing Mitchell. Yeah. They, they don't have any safeties. And the irony being that they got rid of Jibril Peppers for Odell Beckham. And at this point, I would rather have a safety you can tackle. Yeah. Who can actually stop <laughs> someone from running for like 5 million yards. Mm-hmm. But there's some clear issues because like Demarius Randall's got the highest stats in the defense. Seven, seven tackles. Mm. What eight tackles he's got there? But that that's not really that's not really balls. that's not really a good sign if if that's happening. That means that the ball's being thrown in his direction a lot, uh, probably yeah. because they're trying to pick on him. Uh, yeah, it's yeah just... well, he's got no help. That's what I'm saying. He has to stay on the field yeah. the whole game. There's no one to come in behind him. The only other one they've got is Redwine, who's like a rookie who played for 
the free uni or something like it's just not red red wine i never knew that that guy existed that's a great name sheldrick red wine oh man that's like that's a contender for name of the year that's all i've got to say on that (laughs) just got the the uh john honsu and um guardians of the galaxy who who (laughs) who Okay, uh, we'll just move on from this anyway, one then. On. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, again, Arizona looks like it's heading in the right direction. People will be pretty happy with that team now. I think that they're 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 going somewhere, certainly in the right direction under Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, sort of that offense is clicking. They've just got some work to do in quite a few areas still. Cleveland Browns could be a big overhaul on the way. Who knows? And Let's next up, yep, that's it. Maybe maybe start clearing house. Um, Right. Okay. So I think we've just about got through our our big swathe of uh, of games there. So now I think we can slow down just a little bit, take our time, have a breather, and then dig into the more important games of the week. So the first one on my list here, and it was the top of my list um, from last week as well, was the Houston Texans versus the Tennessee Titans. Um, so. This game, obviously, really big implications in the AFC South, with both teams going into this one on eight and five, um, and the winner would be likely to get a head start in the division race. Uh, Texans jumped out to an early lead, uh, fourteen points to nil at the half, despite the fact that the Titans were actually playing pretty well for the most part. And um, I think that uh, like there was a, a pass which Ryan Tannehill threw near the goal line. In the is it first or second? It was in the second quarter, um, which hit his receiver right in the hands. Then he just got smashed. Ball pops up, and that somehow gets counted as an interception. I think that was pretty harsh uh, statistically for him there. But um, yeah, Whitney Merciless then runs it all the way back, and then that just kind of kickstarts everything for Houston. That's a big point swing when it should have been a touchdown for Tennessee. Uh, Houston go up the other end and throw a touchdown pass to Kenny Stills. And, um, yeah, both teams looked, for the most part, pretty good in this one, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's People have been giving Bill O'Brien a bit of bit of shit, to be fair, to him. Um, mm-hmm. And he's just, he owns the Titans. He's, what, 11 and, or 8 and 3 in his 11 games against the Titans, and... You know, if you beat your division rivals, you make the playoffs. So unless you're the Cleveland they, um, Browns, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you can't beat Duck Hodges, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. <laughs> He's, but, his name's Duck. Continue. This is this is the thing the Titans are like. If you can't beat the Texans, you're not going to make the playoffs in the position you want to be in. Um, you need to win your division. Mm-hmm. So to win the division, you need to beat the Texans. I think the Titans are done now. Um, in terms of winning their division, um, and they've got a big game complicated game next week and then they've got to play the Texans again away yeah so I don't think I think it's um, well, probably done for them the, te- the Texans do have that berserker of the Buccaneers coming into uh, their stadium on Sunday so you never really Could know anything yeah exactly Was Jameis Winston's going to throw for 800 yards and 12 touchdowns and uh, just completely romp all over them um uh, whereas the Titans have if you'll New Orleans for one sec. Oh yes, he said that. That is a New Orleans, a, a tougher one to go up against. 
But like, yes, like, just a little bit. Yeah, just just a little bit. And like, the tight, sorry, the Saints are probably, in my opinion, despite the fact that they're um, not getting a bye week or anything at the moment, they're the best team in in the in that conference. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I'm not saying that they're a shoo-in to beat the Titans. I think the Titans are a really strong team right now. There are um, very few teams that are quite as balanced as they are on offense and defense at the moment. Uh, Tannehill has been playing out of his mind uh, until this game where he came down to earth a little bit against the Texans, but that interception was very unfair, certainly. Um, yeah. But uh, very similar stats to Deshaun. So yeah, yeah but like if you could take take out that interception, which was absolutely not an interception, uh, like you know D- Deshaun wasn't like fantastic with uh, with his timing on his picks and things like that. But um, yeah, I think they they were able to lean on the running game quite a bit. Carlos Hyde was grinding it out and uh, he managed to get his first 1000 yard season of his career so kudos to him for an excellent renaissance in in texas uh, like considering that most people thought that he was just going to be bouncing around and then eventually out of the league um he's got to be up there for consideration for one of the bigger like comeback players i would think yeah yeah well he was He's always been elusive. He's always been able to get a couple of yards more than probably expected to in certain situations. And mm. in games like this, it really helps. It's a hard but, runner, yeah. You know, some... Yeah, but it's still only four. You know, if it's the whole thing. If you average over 3.3 yards of carry, then you're going to, you know, make first downs. Yeah. And he averaged four yards of carry. He got a touchdown. And did he get a touchdown? He did get a touchdown, yes. Yes, so he did, yeah. He did what he needed to do, but... I think the killers are the thirty-two yards for Deshaun on seven carries. The you know the breaking the line and earning first downs, run for first downs, mm. and yeah, staying on the field. Yeah, um, and just stealing possessions. You know, yeah. Titans had a blocked field goal in the first half, and yeah, yeah. they lost by three points. Yeah, it was. What yeah, it was a close one. Um, I mean, obviously the, the, the Titans. Uh, got 14 of their points in the fourth quarter um, so the Texans probably took their foot off the gas a little bit in that regard but I, I don't really think that they, they did I think there was just a matter of big plays um, AJ Brown had another incredible game he is a full-blown stud and um, he's a certified number one receiver that the Titans have been looking for for a decade like when when was the Titans' last good wide receiver? I don't know. They've never had one when I've been watching. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up uh, whilst you uh, give me your take on um, why it is that the Texans only can only win when Will Fuller's in the lineup is what it seems to be to me. Well, you don't need to force it so much to DeAndre Hopkins. Mm. Um, they should be able to get Kenny Stills more involved, but they haven't been able to. And yeah, I just Will Fuller's fast. He's you know he's Olympic speed, and he it's just like having a Tyreek Hill for the the Chiefs. You know, it's the player that can break the play and and just get you a couple of big plays to to set the the drives up. And when he's not there, it all falls on DeAndre, and he gets doubled, and they can't move the ball. Yeah, he's that. Um, he he blows the top off of a defense, and even if he's not going up there and putting up stellar numbers all the time, you still have to account for him and keep a player over the top, which allows for those underneath routes 
like those crossing routes and things like that that uh, DeAndre Hopkins will involve himself in, um, and of course like everyone else who's out there as well. Like it, it does make a difference just having that threat over the top. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. The thing for me, like Texans can do whatever they want. They need to win a playoff game. Yeah, so. um, just just looking back at some of these um, like Tennessee Titans wide receivers of the past, their their leading receivers. Uh, so it was Corey Davis last year. Delaney Walker's popped in there a couple of times. It was Richard Matthews, uh, but like there's not much in the way of thousand yard receivers here. Nate Washington uh, led in 2012 with only 746. Um, Kenny Britt pops up. Then back in 2008, Justin Gage was their leading wide receiver with 651 yards. Ouch. So it's been a running, run, run heavy team. Yeah, definitely, because they were relying on Chris Johnson, who got... Um, uh, no, no, it was the following season he had his 2,000-yard season with Vince Young at quarterback. Um, but yeah, God, looking through some of these names, like Drew Bennett as a, a leading receiver for three years in a row. Oh, boy, that's really taking me back. And then you, you go back far enough and you see an actual quarterback, an actual running back, and an actual wide receiver in Steve McNair, Eddie George... And Derek Mason, and those are all guys that I would uh, recommend you do do a little bit of uh, research into if you haven't in the past, because they were a, a really fantastic threesome back there. Yeah, history lesson. Sure. <laughs> so, yes. um, yeah, um, Titans have kind of uh, fallen behind the race here. Texans take the lead, twenty four twenty one victors in this one. They move to nine and five. And if they win a playoff game, I'll believe in them. Yeah, that's it. Well, like if if they just manage to keep some sort of hot streak going, they can beat anyone. But they're just such a weird team. If they can lose to the Broncos, they can also lose to anyone. So, so that's it. I've wasted two sunny January Sundays watching the Houston Texans play <laughs> playoff games in the last two years. Yeah, and just to watch Deshaun's career nearly end like seven times mm. a game because they couldn't protect him. And I think last year against was it the Colts, we were playing last year, it's just devastating. Yeah. yeah, I think it was Colts. It was, yeah. Devastating. Couldn't get anywhere. Just running for his life. It's like, why even play 17 games if you're not going to protect your quarterback in the playoffs? Yeah. I think that they are a little bit different this season, but um, just how different, I guess, that kind of remains to be seen. Yeah, and it'll be on Bill O'Brien. Does he get to stay as... You know, his coach and his, GM. Uh, mentor Belichick, does he get to stay like that? You know, I don't know. I, I guess if so. If he doesn't like, win this I, playoff I, game, he's reason why they not going to be. Uh, well, I guess it's up to the ownership, so we'll see what they say. Um, moving on from this one, and uh, the Dallas Cowboys uh, managed to take down the resurgent Los Angeles Rams in devastating fashion. Um, 44 21 was the final score. But um, two of those touchdowns for the Rams were in garbage time, which cost me my bloody status in the ALFF playoffs. Thank you, Jim Rickaby. Sorry, I'm, I'm digressing again. But yeah, da- Dallas were just all over them in this one. But again, Dallas managing to pull out a victory against a team that's just not very good at the moment. Yeah, yeah. 
The Rams, what I thought was interesting is you listen to the commentary on this game and they're talking about how the, the Cowboys need to do this and need to do that to get into the playoffs and it'll all come down to next week. And no one, they're not even talking about the Rams and the Rams are 8-5 and five, and the Cowboys are 6-7. and seven. <laughs> and, and math, just math. Yep. You know, like teams won eight games, the other teams won six, you know. How's this team still in the hunt and this team's out? It it didn't make sense. But in the end, it didn't matter because Ezekiel Elliott was on fire, um, had a few timely um, runs in this one to really just kill um, kill the Rams when they thought they were going to get the ball back in good positions and, and, and get them off the field, and they just couldn't get them off the field. Yep, and t- um, Tony Pollard had a, had a big game as well. He averaged 10.9 yards per carry. <laughs> 12 carries, 131 his, yards and a score. Wasn't most of his carries in the in the um, garbage time, though? Yeah, but, you know, but, you've, got, you've got to grind it out. Got to give um, a lot of love to Kai Forbath, you know. You don't want to be <laughs> coming off the street, going to the Cowboys and, you know, and Sunday Night Football or whatever it was. And he got five out of five. He hit a 50-yarder with his first kick. Mm-hmm. No, well, I think actually you'll find that his first kick was on the kickoff, which he put out of bounds. <laughs> so oh, yeah. that that was a rather inauspicious start. But after that, he certainly redeemed himself. Uh, he was absolutely on point when he needed to be in terms of the scoring. Uh, I'm sure there won't be too many occasions where he puts the ball out of bounds like that going forward. But um, yeah, still better than Brett Maher by a long way. Yeah, Brett Maher was horrible. But he won me a couple of playoff games in my division. Cause... Yeah. He was someone else's um, kicker. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. Um, Cowboys pretty much have to win next week and they're in the playoffs. And if they play like they did today, they can beat anyone in the playoffs. So. Mm. Yeah, they, they, they have Philadelphia next week, right? Yeah, that's right. That's, that's effectively the decider in that division. Yeah, and... It's the Troy Aikman-Fox game. Yeah. So it'll be, yeah. Of course it's the Troy Aikman the, game. The Amer- America's <laughs> game or whatever it's called. Ah, uh, yeah, whatever. Ah, uh, Troy. Are Fox just the Cowboys? Pr- pretty much. Well, the Cowboys aren't as good as they then they thought they was. Um, And, yeah, they're not as good as anyone then they thought they was uh, earlier in the season because they're, they're still not that great. But um, the-, the things they're not good at are the things that the head coach is meant to be keeping them right. Mm. Like I, Defensively, they make plays... You know, the receivers make plays, the running backs definitely make plays. Mm. It's like special teams. And, mm. you know, just positionally, like, it's that... Who trains them on coin tosses? Yeah. Because that <laughs> exactly. was an interesting thing that happened. <laughs> he did say it. Yeah, he did, eventually. <laughs> so what it was is um, at the beginning of the game, at the coin toss... Uh, like the coin is tossed uh, Dak Prescott calls it, wins it and says that they want to kick now in NFL terminology down on the field in real life that doesn't actually make sense, you're effectively like you need to defer your possession to the next half, which is something that teams commonly do these days um, but if you play with something like Madden then it's just like, oh do you want to kick the ball now or do you want to receive the ball now it's um, it's it's a really weird rule setup, but effectively, had um, he not eventually clarified himself and said defer, 
then the the Cowboys could have been kicking twice in this game. They would have kicked off in the first half, and then instead of receiving the ball in the second half, they would have kicked off again. But um, uh, the NFL officiating crew in New York got back to the um, the referees in the stadium and just said, no, let's just let common sense prevail. He did clarify and say uh, that they'll defer. But yeah, what a mess. <laughs> it's just, it's not great for the, the NFL to be so nitpicky. And, you know, it's just, uh, it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little, something really silly. Just, just take that out and just make it simple. Because... I, when was the last time someone said that they wanted to do anything different to, to that? Like, it, it used to be the case of everyone would just always, they, they always wanted to get the ball. And then when people actually started looking at it and started thinking, oh, yeah, wait, maybe it's a good idea if we just get the ball in the second half, because then we can decide how possessions go at the end of the, the half. Um, and uh, like the NFL only brought that in about 11 years ago, uh, which was strange, really, but... Yeah, maybe this is something they'll look at and just develop. Just listen to people, listen to common sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where are we at on the Rams? Are they done? Like, like, are they going to be okay next year? No first round picks. Mm. Seven players tied up on sixty percent of the. I don't know. I think they're making a bit of a mess of it. Um, I I don't know who they've got leaving in free agency or anything like that, but they they need to be careful with what they're doing. I think. Certainly not having first-round picks isn't going to help them. Uh, they're just going to have to put a lot of resources into scouting the right players that they can pick up uh, with their later picks, I guess. Um, but, yeah, stick a fork in them for this season, they're done. Um, but, um, yeah, I would be a little bit concerned. They still have talent. Um, like, if Todd Gurley can get back to what he was before, but I just don't know if they can. Um Jared Goff needs to pull his finger out as well. But like that, that being said, some of the wide receivers are beginning to come up a bit again. But yeah, I would certainly say that there's a cause for alarm in Los Angeles for both teams. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that new stadium's going to be great. Good for them. Yeah. Boring. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Okay, uh, moving on to the Jaguars at the Oakland Raiders and uh, that's probably going to be the last time that we can say at Oakland because this was the last game at the Coliseum and it did not go to plan Um, everything looked like it was going to go fantastic at halftime it was 16 points to 3 Jacksonville were just nowhere near it they were god awful and the Raiders were just looking just steady as they go there was nothing, nothing crazy happening just churning the ball out a little bit. Um, if you look at the statistics, they look just pretty bang average. They're getting field goals here and there. And um, they just never like put that final nail in the coffin for the Jaguars. They didn't get any points in the second half. And then Minshew Magic happened. And he came back through two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to break the hearts of everyone in silver and black in that stadium who was really hoping until the, probably the end of the third quarter, midway through the fourth, that um, they were going to be able to celebrate this uh, this last time in, in the Coliseum. And um, yeah, just hearts torn right out. And like, like and this is coming from me as a Broncos fan, someone who's like kind of just brought up to say, oh God, like the Raiders are awful. But we've... Um, 
not really, I've not really been that concerned by them for the last little while because they've not been that great. But this is still painful. Um, I feel bad for, for the city of Oakland and for those fans because they do stick behind their team and like credit where it's due. And I just see this move to Las Vegas as being a, a, a money-driven, uh, just like, I don't even know what it is. And like, it doesn't even make much sense because I really don't think that moving to Las Vegas is going to do anything for them. I think you're going to just get fair weather fans and tourists going through there. I don't think you're going to get anything like the atmosphere. You're not going to get anything like the black hole, which is a very unique experience in the NFL. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I feel bad for them. Yeah, um, not much to add. Just the issues that they had obviously had with the um, the city of Auckland and getting a new stadium and the sharing of the A's and having no home games if the A's make the playoffs and yeah, it's just tough. And um, they've made a decision and it might backfire. But I like how Garden Gardner Minshew came off the field being like he's so happy. He's like written himself into pub quiz. Um, <laughs> folklore, folklore. You know, as, as if as if he wasn't already in all sorts of folklore. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that they're going to put him into the next Lord of the Rings book, which I'm certain they will write now that he's uh, doing what he's doing. Um, yeah, he's just he's just a mythical character at this point, uh, a, a caricature. He's an interesting, fun guy, uh, and he, he just he, he's his ability to run around in the pocket and create situations and create space when there shouldn't be any, because this is a god-awful Jaguars team. Their offensive line is dreadful. Their wide receivers aren't really that great. Their tight end's not good. It's just, there's nothing there. But he somehow manages to make it happen. And two touchdowns to uh, Chris Conley in, in the fourth quarter were, uh, were were enough to seal the deal here. Yeah, and it's um, picking the right spots, because some players would have given up on Conley. Um, he only caught half his targets, and... You know, the, the Aaron Rodgers of the world would have stopped throwing to him. Mm. So to come back to him in the fourth quarter and and get those um get the ball to him and, and get those touchdowns, it's it's mature. He's showing a level of maturity and we'll just need to see what they do next year. Mm. Who starts? Well, um for whatever reason I think Minshew really likes Conley, because um, he's had seven games with more than seven targets uh, this season and uh in his previous two seasons he only had two such games like combined over that time. So, like, yeah, Minshew's got uh, a little bit of a rapport there, I guess. Um, yeah, and then Leonard Fournette was doing nothing. But, you know, I just like to point that out every week. He's just he's just not that great of running back. Um, nah. But, that yeah, th- that team needs a big overhaul. They need something to happen on the offensive line. Their defense is not good either. Uh, probably the, the only highlight on there was Yannick Ngakwe, who was um, like really getting after the quarterback. He got two sacks and four tackles for a loss in this one, so he was um, in the backfield all day. Um, on the Oakland side of things, uh, Derek Carr was doing okay, but it's just it's just okay, and you need something like when you need a spark, and you get the opportunity to like you know leave the Coliseum as a hero. And you you just come up so short in the in the biggest moment. Like I don't think this is going to do any favors for for Carr in the eyes of the fans. No, probably not. No, but That's I don't know what other options they but, have. But um, yeah, 
But in the end, what fans? Yeah. Probably the same fans watching them next year. No, sadly not. Um, and um, certainly, remember a couple of uh, weeks ago? Well, I say a couple of weeks ago, maybe like six weeks ago or something, people were saying like, oh, John Gruden might be a coach of the year candidate. Not any more. I still think getting six wins in your first uh, eight games was pretty impressive, <laughs> to be honest. But, you know, when you lose, what, four games in a row? Something like that, yeah. They've not been very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not great. But so, anyway. Yeah. So the Raiders leave the Coliseum with their heads hung very low. Uh, Jaguars win 20-16. to 16. Sad, sad times. Um, yeah. uh, speaking of... Sad times. Uh, if you're a San Francisco fan, you've certainly experienced that this week as the Atlanta Falcons came from from well behind uh, to to beat the 49ers 29-22 in San Francisco, uh, scoring 19 points in the fourth quarter. Now, granted, six of those points were off a, a freakish lateral attempt um, as time had already expired. Um, so you can discount them. But um, yeah, the... This this game was weird, uh, and like, I I don't think that I've seen uh, such a a battle of two individual players as I have in this one with Julio Jones versus George Kittle, um, because they both just completely dominate the box score. Um, Kittle with how I many was it thirteen receptions? And I think uh, Julio had about the same. I think, in fact, I think they had almost identical stat lines. 13 receptions, 134 yards for Kittle. And uh, for Julio Jones, 13 receptions for 34 yards. But he got two touchdowns. He was targeted 20 times in this game, man. That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> 20 times. That's more than some people get in their entire career. Well, you've got to give them the ball. He's your best player. Yeah. And in the last quarter, and the Eagles found this earlier in the season as well, when they thought they were going to get an easy win. I can't leave them open at the end of the game. No. Special, it's... special player. As is George Kittle, who was still running over players. In fact, I think he was still running over those Saints players from the other week. He was just still dragging them towards the end zone. I think he was wearing them as like shin they... guards. There was a point in the game where I think they had like 90 yards receiving and he had like 77 of them Mm -hmm. sounds about right (laughs) so it's pretty pretty impressive he's uh he's my boy Mm -hmm. got him secured for another two years yeah in fantasy and (laughs) looking forward to seeing what he does in the playoffs because that's even with this loss you know the 49ers are still going into the playoffs yeah but it's under drastically different circumstances after a a defeat to the the atlanta falcons who were previously four and nine like this takes them uh, out of uh, their uh, position at the top of their division or there and thereabouts. I think that they were at very least going to be the third seed. Now they've dropped all the way down to the fifth seed. Um, now they have to win next week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, what what do you what do you make of this whole situation? Like, were, are the Falcons were the Falcons good, or were they just bad? I think that what well, they're they're free and are they free and one since they made the coaching changes or the setup changes? So there's obviously something wrong in their system, but they they do need a bit more talent. Um, they're a bit they're not very resilient. Mm. Um, and this is probably the first time all season they've really come back in a game. Mm-hmm. And they they kind of they do give up 
quite a lot of um, you know, points early in games. But you know, if you've got the the best on onside kicker of all time, um, <laughs> you just gotta stay close in games, and uh, Cole will get you the ball back. Yeah, Young so, is pretty good. So that's been a big difference as well, picking him up. I think Matt Bryant was probably done. It was like 46 or something. <laughs> him and Vinatieri, or, <laughs> I think their legs are finally giving up on them. Yeah, probably a combined 203 years old or something like that. Yeah, but uh, the, the Falcons, I think, on paper, you know, they look good um, in certain positions like, Austin Hooper was injured for a while this season as well, but yeah, yeah. I don't know the the oh, thing he, for me he, is he, that I don't think Devonte Freeman is a a number one back, and I know he's tied up not anymore. Money tied up mm. or was, um. So they they kept him, but I would be looking to get a different running back or a different running back room. I think they've just because Tevin, was Tevin Coleman's gone to the Forty Nine ers. Yeah, yeah. Playing against them now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's just yeah this. What I think they're missing is they really need to get a good fullback. I think the way that the league's going and teams that are built similar to the Falcons have fullbacks and have very clear setups. Whereas I think when the Falcons go into that formation, they pull Austin Hooper back, which means that they lose one of their best catching threats mm. um, to play to play heavy. Whereas you know the the Patriots and the Falcons, they have, you know, fullbacks that can catch and run as well. And mm. they just, they I think they need a whole new rushing room. And I think I brought that up. There's the two teams, the Falcons and the the Buccaneers, you know, just yeah. need. And I think if they'd been six and five, they might have got the um, Kenyon Drake. Maybe. I mean, if they'd been in it this season, they'd have, he'd been a player they might have picked up. But mm. they weren't; they were never in it, so they were never going to pick up trade pieces. Yeah, because there's no point, you know. They're yeah. Well, well the, the, the Falcons are kind of they, they have been breaking themselves down, and like at the start of the season, I would have said Julio Jones, uh, Calvin Ridley, and Mo Sanu were going to be a, a really nice uh, setup there, but it's just kind of broken down with uh, uh, Ridley's injury. But like you know, that never that only happened recently. Um, they just haven't been been good. They had not called the plays right. Um, I would say that it's time for Quinn to go. Uh, this, despite this win, I, I still don't think that he should be there next season. Um, just before we move on from this game, though, I should really we should definitely mention how it actually ended because it was a, a bit chaotic. Um, yeah. So San Francisco end up uh, scoring a touchdown, and then the Falcons get the ball back. They drive down the field and then with, I think it was seven seconds left, throw the ball over the middle uh, into the end zone. Austin Hooper catches it with, with one hand pretty much, brings it down uh, to what looks like his feet. and then I thought pins, he caught it. Pins, I, 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 I kind of did, did as well. Yeah, I would have thought since they called it a touchdown, they would have kept it like that. I didn't think there was enough to overturn it. But um, the referees deemed that the ball hit the ground and he did not have control fully. Um, maybe because the ball sort of moved out afterwards when he started readjusting for it, but I don't really agree with that one. Um, and then, uh, just with about one second left to go, uh, Matt Ryan fires off the, the the next attempt to 
who else but Julio Jones, uh, who just catches the ball and breaks the plane of the goal with it for a really dramatic finish uh, to, to set them up. So then the Falcons kick the ball off. Um, 49ers do whatever they can to get back into this because they're obviously behind at this point. Start laddering the ball crazily and um, the ball ends up on the ground. Falcons run in and get another touchdown. So that's why and it was as um, as like the gap was as big as it was. Yeah, there's a, there's a few things with that. Like, um, I'm really glad they review it, obviously, because it gets you know they got into the end zone mm-hmm. and and scored and they broke the plane, so it should have been rewarded. But I'm pretty sure was it Car- happened to Carlos Hyde at the Chiefs last year, where against the Colts, I think, when he didn't get in and they ran the clock off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, that even, was a weird one. So they couldn't run another play, and that would have happened here as well. Yeah, um, they were because they didn't have a timeout to stop the that. ten second runoff. So mm-hmm. if Jones hadn't broken the plane, then even though there was still like five seconds or so left, they wouldn't have been able to spike the ball or do a quick, you know, quarterback sneak or anything because the refs would have run the clock. Yeah, I think they need to change or, that rule. That just seems like a, it's just a mess to me. Yeah, and it's meant to be because, you know, you're, how long it takes you to get into position because the clock's stopping. So mm-hmm. it's meant to be the time it takes for the line to get yeah. up and shot the ball. But under certain circumstances, already, yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take that long. Yeah. Um, and, then, you know, they're trained to do it in a couple of seconds. Like, all coaches know how quick they can get their offensive line up yeah. five yards, up three yards. Yeah, and and they they clock it and and keep an eye on it. So mm-hmm. that would have been a sad way for the game to end. But yeah, um, it is what it is. And it is what the it Falcons is. Falcons wasted season, and I I agree. I think with the kind of talent that's going to be available, um, the the Matt Rolls, the Urban Myers, the um, uh, Ron, Ron Rivera, Rivera kind yeah. of mm-hmm. yeah, it'd be funny if you went there, but um. <laughs> I think you move on now. I don't think you would stick with Dan Quinn because these guys aren't going to come in as an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And I think we've already found this, that Steve Spagnuolo is not creative enough. Um, as a, I think he's gone now. But whoever is the offensive mind mm-hmm. in Atlanta has not been, not been really very creative at all. No, in the last couple of years. No, it's been a bit since of a mess. um, since uh, Matt. Kyle Shannon left Shanahan. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan. Yep, who they just beat. <laughs> so, so now who's laughing? Kyle Shanahan. Um, we, we should definitely move on, though. We're spending uh, a lot more time on this than we we should still. Um, and um, I think a, a game which is was fascinating and it was a real defensive performance, but uh, was pulled out of the bag at the death. Basically, was uh, the Buffalo Bills managing to overcome the Pittsburgh Steelers. In, uh, in what was a real a real defensive battle, seventeen um, ten it finished, but um, for the longest time it really looked like it could have gone <coughs> either way, and um, yeah, both uh, both offenses were pretty terrible. Uh, Duck Duck Hodges threw for four picks, um, and uh, Josh Allen was fumbling the ball again, which wasn't fantastic. Uh, Devin Singletary also fumbled twice. There, there just this is another game where there was too many fumbles. <laughs> Just messy, mm-hmm. messy game. Yeah, defensive teams, um, all their talent on defense, and 
you know, the Bills get to 10 wins for the first time since the Music City Miracle um, all those years ago. 17? 17 years ago? Oh, yeah, I think it was about that. Um, yeah. yeah. So. Frank Wycheck's uh, backwards pass, quote-unquote. Yeah, I'm still not so sure about that one. But, um, yeah, congratulations to them. They can be very happy with that. Um uh, but it, it, it's it's still a case of this is a a team which you've got to feel uncertain about. But credit where it's due, the Pittsburgh defense are really really quite special Annoying. at the moment. Yeah, they're they're, they're causing some serious problems. Um, uh, and like TJ Watt is rightfully so being considered a defensive player of the, the year candidate. Uh, like really continued. Did he make the Pro Bowl? Uh, yes, I'm fairly certain he did. Uh, he he was in the backfield again for tackles for a loss, and he got a half sack. But yeah, he should definitely be considered a full sack in my opinion. Um, yeah, just causing chaos as always. Um, now, when when Pittsburgh were like trying to get themselves back into this after uh, uh, Josh Allen managed to find Tyler Croft in the end zone to put themselves up to 17-10 after Croft was essentially left unmarked, um, not known within a couple of yards of him. Um, James Washington is basically told, run deep. And then they don't get the ball to him. Uh, The clock keeps running. He's like, oh, quick, he's got to run all the way back to 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 the line again. He's clearly absolutely pooped. And then on the next play, Duck tries to throw him the ball, and yeah, it's, this is not going to work out there because the guy is completely shafted at this point. And um, yeah, at that point, then the game is over, effectively. Yeah, it just seems like common sense, but it's um, you know, it's good for uh, Josh Allen to get that kind of you know um, march down the field kind of play. Mm. Um, to to give himself a chance, but you can't throw two interceptions well, in the, the fourth quarter. The, 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 the thing that, that happened here was the Bills' defense put Josh Allen in a position and they just happened to get it. They just scraped it. Like Allen had 139 yards and a score and a pick in this one and 13, 13 completions. It's not it's not great. Um, But, uh, yeah... This just wasn't great. John Brown uh, got the, the lion's share of the, the targets. Uh, sorry, not, not even that. He got uh, 10 targets, uh, seven receptions for 99 yards. Um, the uh, Cole Beasley had six targets, one reception. He was not having a great game today. But like, it's not as if Allen just was under pressure all the time. When he did have an opportunity to hit passes he was missing them he was like under throwing them he was overthrowing them they just weren't on and um yeah it's just it's just it's still not getting there it's just not quite clicking this season yet yeah but their defense is good yes defense is very good they won them the ball uh like i say those those four interceptions tredavious white what a player man he's uh um, like up, up there with Stefan Gilmore as, um, as as probably the two best defensive backs in the league right now, I would say. Yeah, I still think um, Xavier Howard's quite highly rated, but we'll never know because he's on the wrong <laughs> team. Are so terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it's, it all comes down to next week for Buffalo. And mm-hmm. it's about mindset because this is the kind of game where they go in, they're at home, or they're away. They're away at Foxborough and they could lose 40-10 easily to the Patriots because they've done it so often. And there's just if they can keep doing what they're doing, they might actually win this division. Could do. I'm hoping that. That would be ideal. That <laughs> would be most ideal. Um, and like at the moment, considering the way the Patriots' offense is and that Buffalo defense is, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, this is two bad offenses and two really good defenses. So something's got to give. And I think you, like, you probably still have to lean towards the, the experience of Brady being able to, to win those games. But um, yeah, it's, it's like surely going to be game of the week next week. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be messy and they're not going to be able to throw the ball five yards and it's going to be fights. I'm, I'm looking forward to <laughs> Awesome. Uh, yeah, so uh, Buffalo come out 17-10 winners in that one. Now, um, you know how we were like trying to keep it like relatively brief this week? Yeah, we're, we haven't. Yeah, like despite the fact that we had that um, that bit of a slobber knocker earlier on, I think it's because because when we're doing it remotely, I can't do that thing with my hands to say, oh, like, we're spending too much time and we need to move on or anything like that. And if you want me to move on as well, we can't do that either. So, yeah, we just got to go through it. And I think uh, we've we've left probably the most. Uh, I, I don't know, but it's not the most incredible game in terms of um, it wasn't a great game. It wasn't close. Uh, it was uh, pretty much a shutout until the until the very end. But in terms of achievements, what Drew Brees did. Uh, was n- nothing short of spectacular. Um, effectively, the perfect game. Uh, 29 completions on 30 attempts. That's one incompletion on 30 attempts. He threw four touchdowns, 307 yards. And his third, his third touchdown of the game, which was to Josh Hill, uh, took him to 540 on his career, surpassing Peyton Manning for the most touchdown passes in uh, in an NFL career. Um May well be surpassed very briefly by Tom Brady at the weekend, but um, then Breeze will come back again later on probably and will just sort of go tit for tat over that. But absolutely incredible game from Breeze, uh, helped in no short part by a ridiculous performance again from Michael Thomas. 12 receptions, 128 yards, and he was snagging them from all over the place. There was balls which like, were pretty well thrown, but into, into some difficult places. I mean, I'm, I, just, I haven't seen a combination this effective in quite some time. Yes, yes. He's, um, he's, he's still doing it. And I didn't watch much of this game, mm-hmm. um, I'll be honest. Um, and I was going to watch it. Yeah, as you said, it was a blowout, so yeah, didn't bother. But he, he just finds players. And it's not like, yeah, Thomas had... 12 receptions for 12 targets but it's also just the numbers are ridiculous I'm just looking to see who actually dropped one so Lata- it Latavius, Lat- Murray. Latavius Murray but it wasn't it's really a drop <laughs> so yeah it's um, but he's spreading it around you know Taysom Hill getting two re- two receptions off two targets as well you know it's just it's impressive and he's managed to do it with a little um you know, he's kind of stretched out Ted Ginn's career a bit. 
by <laughs> yeah by throwing to him, keeping him involved. He's he knows who who he likes, and you know he's he's been able to 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 really um, make the most of his opportunities. But you know you get. I thought that Traquan Smith would be a much bigger part of their offense this season. Yeah, he's just not quite and, stepped up to the plate in the way that you'd expect. But, but they haven't needed to because Thomas is being so amazing. Yeah. So why just you don't even need everything to goes through Michael Thomas. Some of that that load, you know, if he's doing that well, you should imagine that's twelve targets. He's probably double teamed, getting chip blocked, you know, getting pushed and held on the break off, and he's still catching every ball thrown him. Yeah. And that's that's a hundred and three, sorry, hundred and thirty-three catches he's had so far this season. So, uh, at, at this rate, he is like he could even hit up like hundred and fifty catches. It would not surprise me if he would do that. Yeah, it's going to be um, interesting to see what happens on the other side of it with Brady, and you know, because he's what three behind at the moment. Mm-hmm. So you'd you'd think if the Patriots go further in the playoffs and the Saints then he'll jump ahead of uh, I think Reeves. I think for the most part I think this is actually just regular season statistics that they put that on if it was postseason statistics being included then I'm fairly certain that Brady would be well out ahead because he's played there so often um, yeah because uh, of his division yeah uh, let me think <laughs> a regular season and postseason Touchdown leaders. Let me see if I can get a list of that. Well, actually, I think there's there's, there's career playoff leaders we've got here, so we can add them, compare them. I'm fairly certain that Brady will be well. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'll I'll just go for the top five. Uh, actually, no, I'll go, I'll go for top six. Um, uh, playoff touchdowns. Um. So in at number six is Drew Brees with 33 touchdowns. In at number five, Aaron Rodgers with 36 touchdowns. In at number four, Peyton Manning with 40 touchdowns. Number three is Green Bay's Brett Favre with 44 touchdowns. In at number two is the incomparable Joe Montana at 45 touchdowns. Then Tom Brady has 73 Seventy-three. He has nearly double this. The second. Oh, it's it's mind-boggling. He's more than double his hero. Yeah. It's um. It's impressive. Yeah. That's Let's impressive. not talk about Tom Brady. This was Drew Brees' day. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, well, yeah. You'd we, think he's going to cement that because I would expect Brees to play a couple more years more than Brady. Or no, they, we'll see. They both got. Two years in their head, I think. But yeah, we'll, we'll see how I that know, pans Breeze out. Is, at moments this season, I think I said it a couple of weeks ago, Breeze just doesn't look like he's had it. He's well, he, he, like he had that he's... injury, and he, when he was coming back from that, he certainly didn't look himself. But he just he, he just completed 29 of 30 like, passes, man. Why am? <laughs> yeah, I know. He just had that look on his face like, why am I here? This isn't working. Mm. Um, put Teddy back in, give me a couple more weeks. But he... <laughs> He must. He's healthy now. <laughs> yes, he is. Ninety-six point seven percent completion. If you needed to do the math on that one, um, and we don't need to talk about the Colts, so I think we can wrap that up. Yep. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> nice. Um, 
so yeah, um, I think that that all about that do us for the night. Um, try to think if there's anything else we need to touch upon just now. I think um, we. No, well, I think we can do the Pro Bowl stuff in the two weeks where there's nothing going on, mm-hmm. but the Pro Bowl. So yeah, you don't need to go into too much in that. Like my main points on the Pro Bowl at the moment is that yeah, there's been some people left off. The Bosa brothers get to go together mm-hmm. or against each other, and Lamar's probably in it but doesn't want to play in it yeah so <laughs> you'll want to be doing something else that weekend yeah so, so you'll, you'll have someone else who'll come in as an alternate i'm certain um and like i'm looking at some of the games next week and again we've still got some pretty garbage ones down there which we can no, we do, do the ones, same though. thing again yeah but yeah we do have some serious biggies there and of course there could be the odd spoiler uh, result here and there but yeah you got the likes of dallas versus philadelphia uh, Green Bay, Minnesota is a big one. Um, obviously, we'll want to keep a close eye on the Houston, Tampa Bay, and the uh, Tennessee versus New Orleans one. And the real big one of the week is Buffalo at New England. So, yeah, we're going to have to figure out how we're going to do this as well, man, because um, uh, a week today is Christmas Day. Oh, yeah. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna struggle. <laughs> we'll figure something out. We'll have to do a little bit of an early one. Yeah, exactly. And um, I'm just trying to think. There's uh, yeah, the Green Bay Minnesota game is the Monday game, but we do have three games on uh, on Saturday in Houston, Tampa, uh, Buffalo, New England, and uh, LA, San Francisco. So that's uh, I guess we'll we'll figure something out. Yes, yes, we will. Cool, we cool. Will, we will figure it. We shall do some figuring out. Otherwise, um, if you don't hear from us before Christmas, guys, for whatever reason, uh, then have a, a very Merry Christmas if you celebrate it, uh, whether you're religious or not. Um, I'm, I'm not. I don't know why I'm taking it to this sort of place now. But yeah, just, just yeah, have a great time. <laughs> Happy holidays, yeah. everyone. Happy holidays. Have a great time. Spend it with your families if you can or your friends, whatever you want to do. Just try and have a good time. We love you. Yeah. Yeah, what he said. Yeah. Oh, see, you can't say it. But it's okay. I say, I love you. I love you guys. Love you. Darren, you can say bye. Bye, guys. All right. Catch us later, guys.